I'm Erica Lynn, and we all know the ocean is the most demanding environment on Earth, consistently testing the reliability and durability of our equipment. When you spend as much time fishing as I do, you know that reliable gear is essential for staying on the water. This is why I went with Abyss Battery to power my trolling motor, electronics, and outboard. The guys at Abyss Battery are rattling the saltwater industry by manufacturing performance marine batteries specifically designed for sonar, outboards, trolling motors, and electronic fishing reels. They're also Bluetooth compatible, so I found Checking battery statuses right on your phone while you're out on the water is a huge game changer. To learn more about why Abyss batteries are used by the pros and factory installed by Premier Boat Builders, visit abyssbattery.com. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Yeah. Hey, not everyone that, that plays in the NFL had been drafted. Mm-hmm. That's def- there are definitely a lot of guys that are playing that, that didn't go through that Tony process. Tony Romo didn't get drafted. Yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. That's right. You're doing a Super Bowl fan. either, but that's a, <laughs> there's that. Can't, yeah, that's like that old joke, right? They couldn't get in the locker room, right? Because why? Because they put a, put a goal line in front of the front door. Is it, there's a ton of really good memes. <laughs> How do you know a Super Bowl ticket is counterfeit? Head hmm. star on it. <laughs> so. Yeah, well, listen. Dolphins are much better, you know. So, to a yeah. dolphin fan, there, yeah. Um, too miserating. So, listen, welcome back to the studio <clears throat> Thank you. once Thank you again for, for seemingly our, our Chipomarca biannual or quarterly report, or you know, however, this is like, like your fourth, fifth time on the show, or something like that. I'm just thankful that you've moved east. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, show, the studio, the podcast, um, yeah, it's great to be here right on the east side of the. Of the intercoastal on the Barrier Island, where all this great yep. uh, marine like life lives, yeah, yeah it's, it's definitely uh, adventurous so here <clears throat> at, yeah. at times. But um, anyway, uh, so welcome back to the Connected by Water podcast, powered by Joey Cardi Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, nice. and fueled by our good friends at Papa's Pilar Rum, who remind us never to be a spectator. So I am with our um, representative of our congressional district here, um, State House, State House, State House right? District, yeah. um, Chip Lamarca. Thank you, and, and good friend. Uh, appreciate uh, you coming in and seeing me once again. He's back. I'm surprised he keeps coming back. It's Friday. <laughs> All but, kinds uh, of good no, stuff. We, we appreciate you every time you're here. Um, definitely. We got a, a whole bunch of stuff I want to go through with you today. Um, and I, I just want to say, though, before we get started, that it really is so great that you come on and, and talk to us on the show about you know all the great issues that we face in our state and all the great things that you've been doing because um, they really are great things and I think it's important that people get um, some optics on your items rather than just passing through and just writing it off as politics or, mm-hmm. or just political moves or, or whatever they are but you're making real difference moves here and um, and I think it's important to spotlight that especially um obviously we're connected by water here and especially talking about all the great things that you do for clean water not only just on your own but in lockstep with the governor and then um and then some which i'm sure sure you'll get into 
Um, and just to reiterate uh, and remind our audience, uh, we're we're talking to um, how would you say brainchild creator innovator pioneer of the NIL. You know, certainly all through the bill with uh, at the time of legislative aid, Corey Sinesia, mm-hmm. uh worked with some local uh, local experts in in this in that world, and that wasn't <clears throat> excuse me. Here we sit with the environment and water, and that was really the reason I said I wanted to tell the see the our economy, education for our kids, and our environment. Mm-hmm. Um, but this issue popped up, and it was a fairness issue. It was just a matter of our athletes, men and women, going to schools in the state of Florida, being treated the same way you or I would in college. If we could start a business, you could mm-hmm. you could have started an art studio and made money off it. Those athletes, because they were in school for uh, athletics and signed a contract. They couldn't do that. So this this bill was really just to expose them to the free market. Yeah, and you know I'm a believer in the NIL and I'm a believer in the work that you've done, as well as Corey. So well, today's the, today's the one year anniversary. Yeah, today's the one year anniversary. Ha- so happy NIL day. Yeah, so that's that's one of the main reasons. I know we talked about it when we had Matt on last time, but that's another reason why I want to bring it yeah. up today is just to kind of commemorate it because uh, it is a big deal. It is a landscape changer. Although I do feel that personally speaking that. I don't know what how much of that has to do with you or how much power control you have or, or the regulation of how it gets operated. I mean, zero, right? So that's so put a law out there, and and there is obviously this compliance with the universities. You know, I'd, I'd mentioned before when we were on here, Dreamfield, who is kind of a platform that connects athletes with uh, with deals with mm-hmm. companies, kind of like Connected by Water. But then there's another company that's based right out of here in, in South Florida. Two lawyers created uh, Anthony Bruno Jr. and Pete Schoenthal mm-hmm. called Athliance, and what they're doing is they're they're specifically dealing with our state universities and out of the state of Florida on compliance, okay. making sure that if Connected by Water or Dennis Friel Art Studios decides they want to do a deal mm-hmm. with a with an athlete at Florida Atlantic University, that when that deal gets submitted to the university, that it's in compliance. Yeah. Okay. So, which is important. Yeah, I think it's important. Um, yeah. I don't know how much, you know, what the landscape is from a, a privatization aspect, right, mm-hmm. of how that works with the NCAA and what can be done. Because it seems like there's some aspects of it that are, like, going crazy. Yeah. And so these poor kids, if they get hurt, then, they, you know, what could happen to them? And, you know what I mean? Yeah, there, there's uh, there's certainly – there's a couple things that concern me. I was on a – uh, a spaces today with Mackenzie Milton and and mm-hmm. uh, Dylan Gibbons, who's now playing at FSU, a big linebacker. He has a he has a nonprofit that he created through NIL called Big Man Big Heart, mm-hmm. and he it started it because he wanted to bring a kid from from uh, South Bend, Indiana, where he he attended Notre Dame undergrad and went to Florida State. He's getting his MBA and, and still playing football, so he wanted to bring this kid to Florida State, raise some money through NIL, and wanted to do things around the campus, and he couldn't because there was some restrictions with the university so we we need to kind of do some uh cleanup language we try to do it this mm-hmm. year we're gonna go back and try to do it next year but one of the things is uh that's that's concerning is like the nf the uh so the ncaa doesn't really want to have anything to do with it but they want to make sure everyone's policing themselves and they're going to take certain cases miami has one uh, i believe utah might have one that they're looking at but they're just trying to find deals where they can punch a hole in it I think what we really need is a national solution, a 50-state solution. So that's going to really require uh, the federal government through Congress and U.S. Senate to come up with a law, and and they've been working on it. But that will create 
a level playing field so that Florida, the state of Florida is treated just like Alabama. Yeah. I mean, so what happened last year is we left our law in place. Alabama just basically repealed theirs. So there's no rules. I mean, there's compliance and there's there's uh, understood rules at the university. But, I mean, certainly, you know, what we required and what we asked schools to do in Florida is make sure you have financial literacy. Okay. Make sure you have life skills training in years one and three. And why that was important was a lot of these kids, and I was on with quite a few that were on this on this uh, spaces today that they'd never had to file taxes. Mm-hmm. Either their parents did it or they didn't have an income enough to, to file taxes. So this is the first time they're figuring out the difference between a W-2 and a 1099. So it's important that they have that, that training. And again, in the state of Florida, we did that this year as well, that you're going to have High school high schoolers are going to have federal uh, financial literacy training in school, which is great because we didn't have that before. Yeah, no, that's important. That's what I mean, even in high school level, I think that's mm-hmm. pretty important to have that as well, too. Speaking of financial literacy, um, you know, before the show started, I told you, you guys walked in. I said, well, we're just sitting here doing my homework because, right. you know, I wanted to get caught up on, on some of the numbers that we're looking at for 2022. And they all look really, really good. Um, and we were talking about, um, this looks, and I said, correct me if I'm wrong, but this looks like the greatest push towards Everglades restoration, clean water, environmental well-being that Florida's ever seen. And you even one up that like, yeah, well, financially it definitely is, but even percentage wise right. that is, which I think is even the more important statement, right? Because yeah, money, so money then isn't the same as money so now. So go back to 2006, um. Charlie Chris is elected governor. Jeb Bush had just finished uh, serving the state for eight years. The budget was somewhere around $50, $54 million, billion with a B. It's now over 100. Right. 109 this year. We gave the governor an approved budget of $112 okay. billion, and he took three out of it. Uh, one of them was uh, the, the project we were talking about before about the Museum of Discovery and Science. So, um, you know, it's a larger budget, but by percentage, all of the water projects, the Everglades restoration, uh, water restoration, quality, uh, blue-green algae, beach restoration. Uh, not only are those things higher by percentage, clearly by by number, but they're higher than he had intended on doing four years ago and that we committed kind of as a legislature to, to following his recommendations as much as we could. Uh, it's it's higher than that. I mean, you can see by the numbers, it's yeah. $3.3 billion over four years in it's water fantastic. projects. He had tried to do six hundred twenty-five million a year, which would have been two and a half billion mm-hmm. in four years. So I mean, you're, you're right there. You're looking at fifty percent more. So recently, we had um, that Senate Bill twenty-five zero eight that mm-hmm. got vetoed. Right. right? Okay. But can you explain like what happened with that whole? Like, what was that all about? So this this was a uh, it was a priority of uh, the Senate President Wilton Simpson, who's now running for Commissioner of Agriculture and Consumer Services, and I think it was his. It, Probably his top priority. Okay, and it was it was an uh, it was an appropriation bill, is what it was about funding, and the problem was that the policy within the bill with, with the, the appropriation would have dealt with wasn't settled between the environmentalists and the, and the Everglades as well as the ag community. So the governor vetoed it, and, it, and uh, as I mentioned to you before, he said bad water policy would have reversed years of Everglades restoration and water quality progress. Mm-hmm. Um, we ended up getting we ended up giving the governor a bill to vote on, and I would tell you as somebody who supports doing the right thing in the Everglades as well as for our, for our farmers, uh, we kind of got it into the best posture we could, 
and put it to the governor and said, all right, well, let's let's see what he does with it. And um, I, I have to say, considering that he vetoed it, um, his his uh, environmental and his water quality, his water stance is not it's not fake. It's right. Real. It's the real. Yeah. Deal. No, yeah. I mean, it's it's like it was like the first thing he did when he took office, yeah. I think. Right. Like he yeah. went right to the Everglades, like he, first and foremost. You know, previous governor didn't didn't say certain things about the environment, wouldn't yeah. mention certain terms. This governor jumped right in and said, "We're gonna we're gonna fix the Everglades and we're gonna make sure that we only have you know our our, our state's fragile as far as the ecology and environment go. Mm-hmm. We only have people coming here down in this peninsula and you know surrounded by water because the water should be clean, right? Because right. we should have good good quality you know estuaries and and lagoons. And when they're sick and they're they're pumping out you know blue green algae and mm-hmm. red tide and things like that, that's not something we could. And th- this is." If you love the environment, that's that's enough reason. But if you think about what that does to our economy, you're sure. the West Coast with the, with a lot of the red tide, and the East Coast here, the lagoon with a lot of blue, blue green algae. That's not a place where you want to take your family out in the boat and right. go fishing or or go in the go in the you know clean water streams and whatnot. So it's a, it's an issue he's he's dedicated towards. Yeah, and it's all connected, right? Like you're saying, like yeah. you know, if we have a healthy environment, we have a healthy economy. And it's right. just the bottom line. It's what our state is. You know, but you brought up the whole blue green algae and the red. Mm-hmm the the red algae and there's a task force for mm-hmm. that. Can you explain that to me, like what's going on with that? So uh, over this over these four years, there's, there's a couple of things that we've we've decided to really make important, and and that's that the governor is not just going to be the, the arbiter of what happens with the state and the and the and the budget regarding the environment. Legislature gives it to him, but we have this uh, Florida D- Department of Environmental Protection. Mm-hmm. I've dealt with them for many many years, and. Uh, in, in uh, environmental issues and construction. And the reality is we said, look, let's let's make sure that we have uh, the ability to fix our problems so we don't have them again in the future. And I'm trying to remember the, the, the dollars they put towards it, but certainly uh, they set up a research center over in on the West Coast to deal with the, uh, the red tide issues. And they set up, uh, I believe it was at the, the Moat Center to deal with blue-green oh, algae. Are they doing that at Moat Marine? Yeah, I think so. In yeah, Sarasota? The, the blue-green, yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. I used to volunteer there in college. Really? Yeah. Did you yeah. go to USF? No, I went to Ringling. Okay. Oh, yeah, wow. art school. Wow, okay. Yeah. Fantastic. So, yeah, so I was a... I do want to talk to you about the arts before we finish Yeah, no, the definitely. End. 100%. Uh, but, but you know, this is this is similar to something that I had put forward last year, and it found ended up finding its way in a, in a bill this year and getting finished. Um, it was creating in the office of uh, Chief Resiliency Officer and Chief Science Officer. So the governor can make these appointments, but we want to have somebody that... Uh, it's not just a, like, for example, let's say a beach project in, in Fort Lauderdale or Pompano mm-hmm. and Deerfield, where we're putting sand on the beach to make sure that it's a healthy beach and safe and protects our uplands and environment's good. It's good for the turtles, legs, all of those things. That's what, but one project in a state of uh, two point. Oh, I'm sorry, 22, 21, 22, mm-hmm. uh, 22 million people. Those are projects that should be kind of coordinated, not just through the DEP, but when there's an issue or a uh, you know, a, a, a call it a tragedy for the environment that happens, whether it's the blue green or or uh, red tide issues. Those should all go through one office. They should. It's kind of like the I I I compare it to the, the like the Department of Emergency Management. Right. We have COVID was one of them, mm-hmm. but prior to that, it was always hurricanes. Through right. that through that office, they coordinate law enforcement. They coordinate you know recovery. They coordinate uh, urban search and rescue teams. All these things from the environmental perspective, this office will. The, uh, will coordinate all of these projects or issues that are facing the state of Florida. So whether it's building a, a continuous dune 
down Broward County or up through other parts of the state. You know, we have parts of like St. John's that when they have beach erosion, the mm-hmm. road just disappears. Wow. You can't get home. Yeah. And so these are issues that, that are now, whether it's the, the, the Blue Green Algae uh, Task Force or Red Tide uh, or the Chief Resiliency Officer or Chief Science Officer, they should they're all be better coordinated, I think, through a lot of things. And we also gave the governor uh, kind of post-COVID and watching what happened and not having to have special sessions. We put some funding and emergency management funding to the governor where he'd be able to access some funds and not have to call us back up. Like it, at a federal level, you hear about the, the government shutting down. Right. And they have to call everybody back and, you know, they give enough money for another month or another quarter or another half a year. Um, we, you know, we in Florida believe that no matter who's governor, we should have that uh, ability for them to kind of keep the state moving and not, you know, put it, you know. I think that's a smart move. Yeah. Yeah. And it, look, it makes sense. If it gets out of hand, we can always call our own special session and get up there. Yeah, that's so. true. So, I mean, so for like a, like an, an algae event or a tire, tire event like that, I mean, who is, who does that fall on now? Uh, if, so if not for this new position. So, I mean, I, I, obviously if there's a, if, if there's a bad incident, uh, right. you know, DEP is still going to be involved. That's it, it's all kind of uh, under their agency, but the chief resiliency officer appointed by the governor would deal with this. It'll be like a liaison. Kind yeah. Of, yeah, all right, so. yeah. And try to coordinate, you know, in other words, it, DEP is going to deal with the science and maybe they can do a cleanup, but maybe they don't have the, the uh, resources like department of emergency management to mm-hmm. assemble folks to, cut off an area, you know, uh, put up roadblocks. Uh, we're, we're thinking about lots of things that may not yeah. may not have even happened yet. You know, like I said, the road might go out. Well, DEP is going to deal with the environmental aspects, but you've got to shut the road down, uh, keep safety in the community and all that. So uh, I, I think it being in the EOG, the executive office of the governor, is going to give that ability for, for them to really coordinate assets and resources. Yeah, that's great. Where are we at right now with everything you're doing for beach restoration? Um, so I kind of went to Tallahassee for that one reason, right? <laughs> if you think about yeah. it, I spent eight years at the county. I know you've done a lot of work on that already. Well, I mean, so my, my, uh, successor, you know, I, I left the county commission and Lamar Fisher, mm-hmm. you know, former mayor of Pompano, now vice mayor of the, of the county took my spot and we've got, he's in the middle of a, uh, another renourishment in some areas that were still disturbed after we did it in 2015, you know, believe it or not, that project took 20 years to permit and get Come done. on. Yeah. 20 years? 20, 19 years. When wow. we did it in 2015, it had been 19 years before they uh, before they get approvals from the state and feds. There was, I mean, National Marine Fisheries, state DEP. We, wow. We, I thought getting a building permit in Pompano was bad. I, I would always <laughs> say, because same thing with dredging the port. I'd always say, could you imagine if you had a hole in your roof and it took you 19 years to get a permit? You know, your family would have moved out and you'd be sitting there with yeah. a lot of buckets. Yeah, they got to go. But the reality yeah. is... Um, We've now set up a system. When I was on the county commission, and they're re- so they're doing additional like, uh, kind of uh, repair areas, if you will. Mm-hmm. And the reason that is is that we kept the, we decided to keep the permit open. What okay. happens? You put a building guy and you know construction guy into a political job. You say, all right, well, if we need to open this permit again, we can't wait twenty years. Mm-hmm. So we kept it open. I, th- I think for seven to seven to twelve years, and that was from fifteen. So they're able to do this work now, doing it. So. Um, the biggest issue was not just uh, passing the bill that I did in 2019 called Coastal Management. Mm-hmm. It was House Bill 315. But what, and I, I've talked I think about that was this. one of the first things yeah. we talked one of your first episode you ever came We on. did. You know, yeah. what we did is we put the, the fiscal impact uh, to our economy of, of a clean, healthy beach and what it means to a community. So it didn't pit Pompano Beach against 
Sarasota Beach, but it said, what is Pompano Beach? What is Deerfield and Fort mm-hmm. Lauderdale and Lauderdale by the Sea? Beaches mean to the overall economy in, in Broward. And that became an element of funding and prioritization in the, in the permit process. So those uh, communities where the, where people go to the beach and they spend money and they enjoy the environment and they, they either you know walk out and snorkel off the beach or they do other things. Some places they fish off the beach. Hopefully not a, not a lot of people there. But um, th- that bill kind of set the stage for the policy. And then the funding came through uh, a year and a half, two years later, uh, which we've every year we're now it's in what's uh, what's called the recurring general fund budget, mm-hmm. recurring funding. And the general uh, revenue has $50 million a year to uh, repair beaches. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So, so, that's, so then it's, it's like a yeah. continual thing. It's continual, yeah. That's the one thing we talk about recently, we've been talking about recently on the show, is that when you think about efforts to make for, you know, not on your level, right. but on the civilian level, you know, we're just like your everyday Joe, like things that people can do better in general, mm-hmm. just to be better stewards of the environment. And this is why we have our Starbright program. It's called hashtag do gooder. And we're, we're rewarding people that are just doing just good things, yeah. whether it be beach cleanup or just, you know, going above and beyond and being an inspiration in your community to do things like that. I'll give, I'll give you a guy to get on here podcast. Yeah, please. Um, uh, Served in the Navy, um, contractor, runs a great company here out of Deerfield Beach, uh, Dustin Du Bois. Okay. Yeah, Dustin. He's the chair of the Associated Builders and Contractors right now, but he and his wife, April. Oh, that's where I know the name. Yeah, yeah okay. So yeah. He's, he's got a company he started while he's busy growing a family, mm-hmm. running the company with his dad and with Bill, with Bill Gallo and the team, um, but it's called uh, Filthy Organics. Filthy so Organics? We, so we have a five-gallon bucket that we put all of our, all of our whether it's... Uh, Floral arrangements, any you know, rinds or peels mm-hmm. or wh- whatever it might be, things that we would normally throw in the garbage when we go to the landfill. He's taking and he's he's set this. He's an unincorporated Broward and Broward. Uh, I won't give a specific location because he's All got right. quite a, quite an operation <laughs> set up right now, and we're trying to find him some property within uh, a county property because what he's doing is basically composting, but on a real big scale. Yeah, I was going to say that yeah. just sounds like a big big composting. Yeah, but it's, yeah. it's a five gallon bucket at a time from the residential with really? what we do. Then he goes to restaurants and I'd love larger. to put him in that chair and pick yeah, his yeah. brain about what he's got going. Yeah, yeah he'd, lo- he'd love to talk to you about it. Yeah, definitely. The uh, so I mean, but what we're saying is is you know. He's a do-gooder for sure. Yeah, no, but but with with the do-gooder stuff, you know, it, it's important that we don't have a we realize that we don't have a finish line. Like people, I, I don't want people to think like, oh yeah, we've reached our goal. It's like there's never reaching our goal. Like, there's no thermometer it, with a, yeah, the line. It's, it's always yeah. Yeah, it's always like you know we need to keep this at a level. Yep. And there's there's no lucky because when you reach your goal, you stop playing. Right. Right. So right, we right. like to always keep playing and always just. So it's just being endless game, changing habits and just understanding about how we're all connected by water and for lack of a better term and how it's all, you know, related to be be a steward. And and that's really the biggest proponent of it, because I think we talked about it last night. um, We did an episode with this um, diving crew. Um, What was the name of Thresher? Thresher Aquatics, right? And they take um, disabled people um, Diving. diving. That's right? awesome. You know, paraplegic, quadriplegic, you know, whatever ails you. If, right. if, if you need assistance, they're going to take right. you down. You know, you need doctor's notes and you, it's got to get cleared and everything like that. But it's such a great, That's great awesome. organization. Um, but we talked about how, you know, it's, you know, they do beach cleanups, you mm-hmm. know, as kind of thing. And everyone does beach cleanups. 
But he made a comment like, I don't know if it does anything really. But I go, you know what it does? I think it just it puts it in the people's minds. When you right. go out as a group and you do a beach cleanup, you're putting it in the, in the people's minds that this is what we need to do. We, we just need to be better. And um, I don't know if it really does much because the stuff that you're talking you know, about there's a, there's a is zero- the stuff that does the big stuff. Well, you know what I mean? I'll tell you what. So there's a group that does the, the beach cleanup every uh, beach sweep every second Saturday down in Fort Lauderdale. They meet around Las Olas. Mm-hmm. Steve Einhorn's in charge of that. Another good do-gooder that you have on your, should have on here. Um, when we can go, Eileen and I will, will go, and they'll give us you know, the, you know, the pickup mm-hmm. claw and a five-gallon bucket. And the vast majority of what we pick up, you know, a few bottle caps, a few pieces of plastic, but the vast majority were cigarette butts. Yeah. And... Uh, and toothbrushes too, or and, like a lot of stuff like that, right? Yes, yeah, interesting things. But the reality is, I don't want to say something about uh, smoking and the public places, but the the chance that you're doing uh, anything but positive, doing that. So you, you're saying, does it does it fix it, or how 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 much are we doing on the good side? There's zero chance that you're not helping, right? Hundred percent. Yeah. So you're right. doing something. You're moving the needle somewhere. Yep. Absolutely. And so we there was a gosh when I got in the the house in uh, November of 18, uh, I signed on with the, uh, one of the senators who uh, lives over in Sarasota and we, we signed on to do a, a no smoking in public places mm-hmm. uh, bill. That ba- basically there's a, there's a ban. There was a, uh, a, a preemption that local governments couldn't say you, you are not allowed to smoke on Pompano beach, for example, state preemption. So we, we over, we changed that this year and ironically they left cigars out. But this, I've cleaned the beach a right. hundred times. I, I I can't tell you how many times I found a cigar. It was it's very very little, if none. Whereas you find cigarettes, and right? Tons of cigarette butts. So that's the only thing. I mean, maybe because it has, doesn't have a filter. Is that, is that probably why? I, I don't know. Just not a whole lot. Yeah. not a whole lot of people smoking a stogie on the beach. I yeah, guess. Yeah, but, I guess. Yeah. But but ultimately, so this year it changed, and so whether it's McNabb Park or you know on the actual beach, the city can say we don't want smoking in that in that public space it's not an automatic ban but it gives the cities and the municipalities back that control mm-hmm. yeah that's 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 cool the um a lot's going on chip i mean it's interesting to see from like a macro view right like we're talking about all these great things you know all the money going to the everglades and, and the, the clean water aspects and it seems like people are starting to like catch a vibe about it you know, with all the awareness being raised and with the governor being behind it and, you know, our local, our fishing community especially mm-hmm. has definitely gotten on board uh, with everything. But really every probably aquatic sport um, niche has gotten mm-hmm. on, on board with this. It's great to see. Um, but in your mind, is, is there any place that we might be falling short? Man, every, every minute we... I'm never... Uh, I, I'm amazed, and I was—I'm never uh, surprised these days. And it's a little cynical. I'm always a kind of glass half full guy, but I'm—I've yet to be amazed lately at how you can politicize anything. Right. So the you know there are members that vote against some of these great uh, uh, endeavors to to fix our environment, our, our environment, to um, you know to do clean water projects on the other, for example, on the other side of the aisle for me. Because of where they're coming from, they're coming from the governor, mm-hmm. or they're coming from the Republican majority. And for me, if we're helping the state, what does it matter where it's coming from? Sure. Um, I've worked. I've worked on bipartisan bills with with uh, members from Broward County on school safety. You know, kind of post Parkland so school safety issues mm-hmm. for parental notification and things like that. Are we Alerts. making any progress there? 
Yeah. You know what? You Are know, we really? So here, here's here's why I if you if you're in the minutia of it every day and every year, that's probably really like you don't think you're making important well, thing going th- on right now. So you don't think you're making progress, and then you um, I don't want to spend too much time on this because because we could talk about it for hours. Yeah, sure. When we're when we look at what happened in Uvalde, yeah, and real and and you really go back and look at what happened in Parkland, um, you know, I I would like to think that even as as terrible as the response was by the folks in charge of law enforcement at the time there and their you know the organizations or people that support me but the response was not good we all know that it was worse there and then what, what the federal government it was did, really bad in that event. it was bad it was really still, bad I mean, to the point where I don't, I don't think people realized doors were unlocked you know things was, like that where they like a the, border patrol officer had to run in there that was like his kid was inside and he was off duty that to, to just like take matters into his own yeah. hands Some, it, it, it's it's like I, i'm paraphrasing obviously right. when now i there, say that so but. there's been a there's there's been a lot of there's i don't think you're kind of done with the the uh the investigation investigation looking, yeah you know sadly i think you would, would call it an autopsy for many reasons but it they got to do better but the reality is if you look at what we did in florida post uh marjorie stoneman douglas what we did in florida is is and the sunset listen when the sun sentinel says that the republicans in florida passed so much more um uh, significant regulations towards public safety for schools post parkland than the united states congress just did and mm-hmm. they're patting themselves in the back because they basically said well we'll we'll pass a law that says we'll look at this or we'll do background checks of kids under 21 who are buying a firearm and i'm look i'm a supporter of, of being able to you know, use properly and use safely firearms and, and sure. your second amendment rights. But I mean, we did a lot more in Florida, did a lot more to, to keep people safe. Mm-hmm. No, so, I, yeah, I agree. I, I guess that, that kind of came out of the conversation of what's, so if we just stop, like, you know, it, look, I served at the County commission when I was the only person on the other side of the aisle. Mm-hmm. And now I'm in the Florida house where we almost have, almost have a super majority, which would, you know, 78 out of 120, 80 would be a super majority. And basically you could, you could, Sadly, you could ram things through without, without even discussing them. But what's the unfortunate part for me is I kind of look at it and say, well, how is property insurance political? Like there are people right. who voted against property insurance reforms. And I don't know if it's because they want to protect some of the lawyers that were kind of uh, exposing or uh, obliterating those loopholes and mm-hmm. making money off it. Or if it was just because it came from the other side. And, you know, we kind of have to get past that. It's not, a, I'm not going to tell you we, we're all, we should all hold hands and get along at all times. That's just not, we're not in that environment these days, but we should do better when we're charged with being a public servant for a community. If I look at, you know, any of my elections, I didn't win by 90 points, 95 points, 70, 60, it was 55, 45 last time, mm-hmm. which tells me that, all right, well, 45% of the people, while they didn't vote for me, I've got to go out and do something I think is going to be meaningful for them as well. And I, if people kind of put their, put the politics aside and said, well, what's, what's this guy doing? If they knew the stuff we're talking about right now, I, you, you would hope that it would be kind of eye-opening and saying, all right, well, th- that, that's interesting. But from an elected perspective, the, the Ds and the Rs, need, we need to get together and, and get some of these things done. I think we should get the things that we agree on out of the way and both claim credit for it. Right. And then we can we can hunker down on the other stuff that's that's more difficult. I think that is probably, I would say, I want to say probably like one of the things I respect about you most is one of the things i respect about you the most is just, you're just a great guy you know just a nice guy and easy to talk to and like you know just you're just great so great with people but professionally speaking i think that's probably one of the greatest things i respect about you the most is your ability to reach across the aisle 
because you do a lot and and you know you do a good job. I think, at it, I think you have to. Yeah, yeah. and, and you just, you're just I think you're just a very fair guy in, in that respect, and you're always willing to listen to people. It's probably one of the things I respect I about you the most. Appreciate that. Yeah, not not it's a first true, for accolades, but I, I look. I can tell you this. Um, you know, growing up with a you know mother in a single parent household, and then having an amazing wife for 27 years, I would tell you that you've got to you know these. And I've watched people do it. I watch people go to Tallahassee. They run around. I'm not saying the you know, run around on their spouse, but some do, mm-hmm. but they just run around as if their head is, you know, get explode. They're so great. And everybody's yeah. telling them how great they are. Listen, when the lobbyists tell you how great you are, they want something. Yeah. And there, I got a lot of friends there, but you know, when, when business, other interests tell you how great you are, that stuff, you can't go up there and let that affect you. Yeah. I mean, because at the end of the day, you're going to come home and whether you come in here and you want to buy a t-shirt and you know, you want to talk to your friends and mm-hmm. you, people aren't going to tell you how great you are here. Right, right. Yeah, the, you, yeah. You're back home. Nobody needs anything. Yeah, right. Exactly. So the reality is, uh, I appreciate the, the 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 kind words, but you know, we're all we're all serving in one way or another. And what you're doing here, from the environmental standpoint, and from you know, and making a business out of it, uh, it's important. People, get yeah. To see it. I mean, well, I mean, there's a lot. Of, yeah, there's a lot to be said for that. You know, it's like about this, from the studio perspective, and mm-hmm. because we're we have a little bit of all that. We have like the whole aspect of connected by water as a conservational business mm-hmm. and we, where we're trying to raise awareness through the show and do things like that and we're trying to raise awareness for the arts yeah um we, we talked a little bit yeah. about how i'm in the i just got the board yeah. of directors i'm not trying to do the but i'm just saying just no, no, i just want to use that as an example <laughs> that when i'm now on the board of directors of the pompano arts pompano beach arts foundation right we're using that as as a platform to help do the right thing yeah. you know what i mean in, in the city and make sure that people get the funding that um they need or at least the funding is going to the right projects yeah. you know th- and make sure that everything is being used in the right way um, want to talk so, about the arts yeah we yeah for sure so i want to i do want i did bring this with me i do want to talk about that oh <laughs> I you brought ta- a coin i want to talk about the, the <laughs> now, sale, you're, I, now you're putting me on the spot i mean yeah and the, the best thing to do with an interview is ask the interviewer a question but how to tell us again how that happened because you, you talked about it at the chamber event yeah so um when i became a uh an artist for the united states mint um and how do you do that by the way so it was a national call okay and my wife was the one that found it and she just i guess she saw it on social media or or whatever like this and she's like you know i guess they were asking for it and if memory serves it was someone who was very interested in history which i am right it's one of my hobbies is just being you know a a history buff how we get here yeah, right, exactly. And how do we get here and how do we not screw that up again? You know? And um yeah master level illustrator, master level Photoshop and you know, you know, digital ver- and mm-hmm. also a natural illustrator at the same time and someone who has that and uh had to do a whole portfolio presentation just like I'm applying for art school. You know, okay. So it's just very similar like that. Um and it was very strict Did you have to requirements. Go up there or just all no, no, no. This is all over email. This is okay. all very strict requirements on how they wanted to do it to this United States government, right? So, um, and I submitted it and I forgot about it, quite frankly, because you know it is the government and it, it, some things <laughs> take a, a little while. And <laughs> um, so about four months later, I got another email and they said, um, you know, congrats, you know, you've made it to the next round. I said, oh, wow, look at that. Totally forgot about that. Cool. What's What do I got to do? And then I did what they needed me to do on that next one, and I submitted it, and I forgot about it again because it was months later when they contacted me. And again, they said, hey, congrats, you've made it to this final round or whatever. And we did worked they say at, you need to draw a sale for so, us? Or? No, no. So what we did was we actually worked on a real-world project at that point okay. for our last phase of the application. 
And so what I found out, um, and I went through that whole process and I submitted my thing and there was legal involved and mm-hmm. you had to do like submit your references in a legal way and everything. Um, and then I submitted that and I didn't forget about it at that point because it started getting pretty right. serious at that point. And then a, f- a couple months later, I got an email saying, congratulations, if you choose to accept, you're now an RC United States Mint. And I was like, wow, that's fantastic. I was like, this is like pinch me like is right. this real you know this is this is and how many how many of those are there so there are 27 there's 27 okay. total and um wow. what i found out was there was a national call and there are thousands of people that um entered into this and that first run they whittled it down to like 700 okay and then after the second run they whittled it down to like 40 and then they accepted like 16 into their current program of 11 that they had on hand so they became 27 hours wow. at that point so so yeah, so um, that's the coin. This this is the coin that I designed um, for the uh, American Innovations okay. um, series that that they have going on right now. It's a dollar coin program. So did this you is the legal other tender. Side too? Hmm? You did the other side too, or no? No, no, no. This okay. is the template side. Okay. This is, okay. I think that Justin Coons was another okay. um, uh, artist in the program that, okay. that did this one. But um, it, this is legal tender. This is a dollar coin. Um, it's not technically in circulation, right? They're not going to put it out like, you know, right. a bunch of you're not going to find this, but I can use it. You can, you know, you can sit okay. there so you can buy something with it. Um, but this is for the American innovation for the state of Rhode Island, which, uh, depicts, um, the boat that was designed by Nathaniel Harrisoff. And, um, he was the one that really put the United States on the forefront of navigation, architectural navigation design. Um, he put us in the lead clearly with his designs for the America's cup Mm -hmm. um, and uh, really made us what we are in in naval architecture and naval design today. So it is there, it is Rhode Island's greatest uh, innovation contribution. Yeah. So, yeah. So I was, well, they did have have a mayor who got, um, he gets, he was arrested and sent to jail, but he got reelected while in jail. Name was Buddy Cianci. Yeah. In Rhode it's Island, yeah, it's great. It's uh, from uh, Pro- uh, from Providence. For, okay, and his uh, his book is called Pasta and Politics. It's, really, it's a it's if you like history, and you like I've been politics. learning so much about Rhode Island yeah. lately because ever since that There's point like came out, everyone full, starts like yeah. Italian neighborhood there that the streets painted red, white, and red, white, and green stripes. Oh, really? Hardcore. Yeah. yeah. You know, we watched. Um, the funny thing is, is the kids came running out of the. We watched a lot of that Aerial America show at okay. home because the kids just they they just love it. They just sit there like sponges because the guy talks and tells you all about the history of the different mm-hmm. places. So they come running, daddy, daddy, daddy. They come running, yelling, yelling. I'm like, what, what, what? They're like, Aerial America. I'm like, okay. They're like, it's Rhode Island. <laughs> <laughs> like eight, eleven years old. So That's it's awesome. like it's like my state now. This now. is this this remind when I saw this and heard the story about it before and then at the chamber, it reminded me of uh, was it probably early '90s when. Uh, when the lighthouse point, the Hillsborough light mm-hmm. was on a stamp. I'm thinking about this is like, this is us on the map. Yeah, and in this cool. case, it's, it's not Florida, but it's you. I yeah. Mean, it's you're the artist, which is, you know, a big part of our community. Yeah. That's no, cool. it's a, we're, you know, I'm excited. You know, it's, it really is kind of a cool thing to. Yeah. Um, so, min- so in minted, the arts, you know? what, what I yeah. really wanted to, to share with you, and then I want to talk about a little bit of the, the appropriations we did because it's kind of in your, it's in your wheelhouse of what we do okay. in marine industries and, uh, some stormwater drainage and whatnot, but so in the arts, one of the cool things we did this year, um, <coughs> excuse me, as I, as I've kind of felt my way around the, the do's and don'ts of, mm-hmm. of being in the in the legislature, what I, I did uh, last year is I got myself in a little bit of trouble. Uh, there was a member who was, 
I don't think we've ever agreed on anything. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a member from the Orlando area, and he he wanted to put an amendment on a bill. And typically, not almost always, unless you're informed, like, hey, you can vote on this one. Um, there's a process where you know either side doesn't really vote in the other side's amendments. Which in this case, I was like, wait, wait a minute, this is this would leverage arts funding. So mm-hmm. Voted for it, got a little bit of trouble. Uh, fast forward, I, I said, all right, how'd well, you was, get in trouble? Because you're not supposed to vote on the other people's. Kind of got my hand slapped. Yeah. Okay. I was, uh, gotcha. Uh, I wasn't the leader of the decision to do this with other members, but somebody else was, and I just said, all right, well, I did it because of this. I'm on this. I'm on the uh, board of directors of the Museum of Discovery and Science. It's important. Mm-hmm. So fast forward, I said, all right, well, we we really need to get behind the arts, and so last year we, um, gosh, we did like twenty. Uh, I'm trying to remember what the numbers were. I think we, the full funding of the arts is about forty five, forty four million dollars. Um, and when I say that, that's just specifically grants that get sent to Tallahassee. Okay. So the mods, the Bonnet House, mm-hmm. Museum of Art, uh, Art Museum in, in Fort Lauderdale, things like that, and all around the state. They'll all put in their long, lengthy, uh, very detailed applications. And a lot of times, for example, uh, at the uh, Art Museum for in Fort Lauderdale, theirs was, I think, $150,000. Okay. And they were thrilled to get it. And then I later on find out... Um, I kind of use the same number for mods. In years past, they'd put in this all this work, weeks worth of work or longer with staff, and they'd get like fifteen or twelve or fifteen thousand bucks of the of that, like right. a percent, a small percentage of it. So this year we funded everything, and we also funded a significant amount. It was fifty nine million dollars, which is about fifty percent more than fully funding the arts was going to uh, the the grants would be. But we also funded up to eighty two million. Which includes a lot of histor- historic preservation projects, mm-hmm. like again, like Bonnet House, like Stranahan House, things, figure projects like that that we want to make sure we protect and and keep. Whether it's a seawall in front of the Stranahan House, things like that. Right. But those are. Does the McNabb House fall into that fold at all? It probably should, right? Yeah, right. I would think. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. I don't if know the, what the, they, they did to move that or what they uh, we what were, that took. We but. were there that day watching. It was it was quite interesting. They had to move move traffic signals and whatnot. But so so fun, fully funding the arts was important. Um, and it's gonna it hits every every everywhere from Pensacola to Key West. I mean, it's mm-hmm. gonna be you know every little art museum or cultural center is gonna have uh, a nice investment. So I think it was that's outstanding. Yeah, you know, hopefully we can continue that. Um, and like I'd mentioned to you before, it, you know, as I get kind of reassigned after this uh, election, we obviously got to go through the election and mm-hmm. be successful. But uh, I would love to bring some you know one of your pieces up there in the Capitol and say like, look, this is this is our guy. So outstanding. Fantastic. Let me know what you need. Yeah. <laughs> um, that that's really that's significant that all, all that got funded. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's really great because I don't think you know. I mean, there's parts of Florida that does really well with the arts, mm-hmm. and there's just parts that just do not do right very well. I mean, I know going to Ringling, um, the Ringling Museum. Yeah. It's just a phenomenon. It's a jewel of this state. Like, and I don't think a lot of people really truly understand what they have there. What's the museum. name of the house? It's Ke- What's that? What's the name of the Ringling House? Uh, there's a name for it. Yeah. Oh God, it's been thirty like years. Had something. Uh, had a. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can't remember. I can't remember. I mean, it. I we've I I saw it years ago, and to me, it was like oh, this is similar to like uh, Flagler's, yeah. you know, Whitehall, yep. or you know, these That's significant places, too, yeah. right? Yeah, definitely. But the, 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 they do a 
a renaissance festival there every year mm-hmm. at this museum and it's not like any renaissance festival you like any it's not like the one here at quiet water right it's like very high end and they do the whole no chess turkey match. Legs. like yeah no <laughs> no they have turkey legs they have turkey. but they do the whole chess board there and it's just very just high end when they have the king and the queen and they have two people playing chess on the side oh, and they, cool. right right in that in the middle of the square yeah it's really cool so but i would like to see in broward um and we don't have the art institute any longer um, but that was a you know, private institution yeah. and everything. But, you know, I don't really think that there's a place in Broward, um, that does higher education for the, for the arts, arts other than Broward college mm-hmm. really. And, you know, I always, one of my dreams, like long-term for something like that is to see Broward have a significant influence on, um, you know, higher education or continuing education and stuff like that. That is like on a respectable yeah. level. So maybe there's something that I don't know that can be planned out for that one day, but you know, right now it's, you know, well, culturally I, how we're growing is. So we did it. Uh, Eileen and I did a tour of the museum on Monday. It was closed and mm-hmm. Bonnie Clearwater, the, the head of the museum there took us through, um, there was, it was a Keith, ha- Keith Hadley, mm-hmm. uh, exhibit and his, his influence. And then there's a couple other, other exhibits and, and Keith had, Herring, 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 yeah. sorry, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of talking to her and their board chair and another member of the board for the museum after who's also on the state arts uh, uh, committee that the governor appointed to. That's kind of how we, we got a lot of this funding. But they shared with us that, you know, she's really getting kind of it's almost undercover because we're getting a lot of uh, Palm Beach mm-hmm. uh, art collectors, art investors, putting some of their pieces in, in our museum and, and really, you know, making Fort Lauderdale or Broward County. Uh, kind of a, a a place where the arts exist in a in a high level, and I think the more we've got, whether it's you know uh, that you know some of these big CEOs are bringing their companies down here. A lot of hit Palm uh, Palm Beach County, a lot of hit Miami Dade. Mm-hmm. We've got a significant amount here in Broward. And the more we have folks like that coming here, the more they're going to want to see you know that high level of uh, of uh, appreciation of culture, the arts, and other. Yeah. other areas so um well i think it starts with with the funding yeah. like you're saying yeah. so that's that's why i brought it up i'm like wow that's a really great step towards all that so one, so one of the things i was going to tell you about some of the, the probes that i had put in as i'd mentioned the museum didn't quite get done but we're, we're going to make another run in it we've got some ideas for it but um a lot of environmental projects one was this uh um, wasn't environmental it was a mil- almost a million dollars for Heisinga park in fort lauderdale mm-hmm. and the downtown development authority is going to put in about four times what I was able to bring back. So it was about $5 million project. And ultimately what they're going to do is reprogram that whole piece of uh, real estate right there. And it's going to be a new, a new uh, band shell, a new cultural for music. Oh, and, really? And whatnot, you know, put some food and other. Is that along uh, the new river? Yeah. Right, yeah. Right. Yeah. Just across yeah. from the downtowner. Very cool. So and uh, just north of uh, Andrews, just on, you know, the south side of Las Olas, mm-hmm. right by the river. So that's, you know, that's kind of a, an example, there's some other entertainment facilities down in Fort Lauderdale that have become activated and they're, you know, the city's doing some projects. So, you know, I think some of that will get there through that, mm-hmm. but. Yeah, no, that's, that's fantastic. Um, what overall, like, you know, you say that this is an election year. Yeah. Right. And so this, so there's every other year I'm in the house. So every other year where right. I'm up for election. Every four years, so every other cycle, so every four years, the governor's up. So this is the year that pretty much everyone's up. Everyone's yeah. up, right? Because we it. had redistricting in 
uh, last year. So they redid right. the maps and the midterms you know, and all that. Yeah. And it's going to be, so yeah. I'm pretty close to what I was before. I've got, you know, the same general geography. And, yeah. uh, so it's going to be a hectic, uh, season from kind of now to, uh, November 8th. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What does the future have in store for Chip Lamarca? You know, the future for me is, uh, get reelected and serve, uh, another term, probably do the same thing one more time. Then I'd be term limited. Um, post that I can't I can't tell you anything. Governor Chip Lamarca. I've got I've I've Governor, got a I've got a Governor Chip Lamarca. Listen, that's I, I my dream. I would say this. Eileen has been. We started this going to city commission right? meetings in Lighthouse Point. <laughs> She's like, no. <laughs> we started this going to commission meetings in Lighthouse Point, and and kind of me looking at the board, the commission at the time, saying, you know what. My background is construction and some infrastructure background and kind of looking at it going, we, we have to replace our bridges. We've got to rebuild our police yeah. station, our fire station. I should get involved. And that was all this was. Right. This wasn't, I right. want to be the chairman of the Republican Party or I want to go to Tallahassee or yeah. go to the county commission. And when opportunities kind of come up, look at it, if it's the right thing. Like I, I would tell you that I would, be, I would have been interested to run for a Senate seat this time, but mm -hmm. the, the, the opportunity wasn't there. The, the numbers were not there. I'll take um, either one. <laughs> so we'll so we'll uh we'll we'll uh we'll do what we're doing right now yeah. and we'll just try to try I'm to, sorry, I'm not yeah. trying to put words no, in. No, no, no. No, I think I just I I look I think everybody has like I said before, everybody has some way that they can be of, of service to the public mm -hmm. and serve as a as a servant yeah. to their to their neighbors and their friends and family. And just gotta kinda find that. And sometimes people run for office don't win. Or sometimes people do win and they don't really do what they should be. It's not where their heart and soul is. Right. They should serve however they can best to serve the community. And I think, you know, I think you're doing that right now with, you, with what you're doing. We're trying um, our best. Yeah. And that's all we, you know, that's what we can do, right? Yeah. You know, so, that was actually, um, you know, with my father passing away last, last August, that was really one of the, in his last six months or so, we had, um, you know, some of the Emmaus group guys came over and mm -hmm. we, we did a little prayer service at the house for him and everything like that. And I remember he said, um, you know, one of the greatest things that you could do um to is to be present in your community yeah and be be yeah. be present and be yeah. of service in your community yeah. is one of the greatest things that you can do and you certainly do that and you know it's 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 admirable. do you yeah yeah we're we're trying i, I do it on and a you, much and your team being here on a friday night yeah well these guys <laughs> hey listen these guys do too they, they yeah. deserve yeah. you know there's much credit for this yeah. too that they're always here and they're they're the ones you know pumping through ideas and say we should do this we're definitely in lockstep we awesome. all have the same goal i think in mind for what we're all trying to achieve here so you know that's important um yeah so the, the being present in the community and you know being of value and being of service and it's just uh what what better can you do yeah. you know so, of course but you know, and the fact that you don't want to run for governor is exactly why you should <laughs> uh we've, so we've a lot of it's a big state 22 million people we've yeah. got a lot of people that are probably thinking about that yeah um you know Governor's running for re-election, so he'll be there for no. I mean, I know, but after years. him, you know, it's just like keep it going, <laughs> keep it going. <laughs> Again, we can all do. So, we'll you know, obviously look at things. Yeah. But we, we're all gonna have to serve some way, and yeah. I think you know, I've, I've enjoyed the house. I mean, it's yeah. been no, you, you're doing out, you're doing been, a great um, job. Yeah, you know, it's, it's kind of eye-opening going from a board of nine people where you really yeah. have a say in what happens. You know, the day after you meet, mm -hmm. for the most part, <clears throat> in the community to something that happens once a year. Of course, we had a lot of special sessions for, you know, uh, condo uh, safety, uh, property insurance, all those things. We went back for gaming, all these things. But uh, it's 
Yeah, the I, gaming thing that was having yeah. a revisit about that. Yeah, and we yeah. don't have to get into that, but you know, that was an. I had a real, I had a really good bill for uh, yeah. sports wagering that we just did, couldn't get a hearing on it because they wanted to, they wanted to take the package they were working on with um with the tribe, which I understand. I mean, they're right, uh, but right now it's we don't we don't have any we don't have the ability to do uh you know sports betting mm-hmm. in any way right now. So we'll see. Yeah, All right, still time. Yeah, okay. still time. <laughs> the clock's so, ticking. Yeah, listen, I know you got an event. Uh, you got to get to. Oh, we're, um, yeah, we're so yeah. Um, but I appreciate you stopping by. It's been great. Yeah, always, always a good time. And uh, I know that your your family, your wife and kids deserve a, a thanks for letting you do this all the time, and you know making making sure this all gets done right. And yeah, yeah. so I said or could we were you know we're gonna be out for a lot of July, and you know we're like stocking stockpiling a couple episodes so we don't miss any weeks and okay. stuff like that so like it's been like you know i'm like oh we're doing another one tonight honey you know? <laughs> maybe a little late again friday so, night did you move east yet no no not yet not yet we're waiting you east. can you Get do anything about the, dip, the housing prices the come on chip <laughs> <laughs> this guy i think it'll be, a, it'll be a little settling i'll say that i don't want to yeah. say it's not i don't think anybody's predicting any uh you know crazy yeah. drop but i mean i think we'll have a little bit of settling or at least leveling yeah. off where where people can afford uh to be here yeah so yeah we're, we're we'll be out soon enough i think you know but we're just i guess playing that waiting game like get a here lot while of the kids are. are able to get the car to givens and follow, yep, that's follow it your, that's my goal it's follow like, your background yep, that's yeah. it i'm get here get here before they're eligible for Gibbons. so my daughter is going into the sixth grade okay. and and my my son's uh just uh, he's what she, he's eight she's 11 so yeah, where do they get to school rambo we homeschool Oh, you do? Yeah, we have since. Okay. Um, we have since before uh, before COVID. We, okay. we kind of always have. Um, got a know. good friend of mine that we grew up with in in Fort Lauderdale. He had four daughters, mm-hmm. and he he and his wife, pr- primarily his wife, who's amazing. He's a great businessman, but he they uh, homeschooled all four daughters. Yep. Uh, all four daughters are married. A uh, couple of them have uh, you know their spouses, and and they work in the in the family business, and just it's amazing to watch. Someone who's dedicated to making a choice of how their how their kids are going to grow up mm-hmm. under what you know under what guidelines and 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 how they're going to be educated. Yeah, and I think that's the that's the cool thing about Florida is that we have op, we have choices. I I went to my zone schools, Florida Records and Northeast, mm-hmm. and today if I lived in that house and I was a kid today, fifty percent of the kids going to public school don't go to their zone school. It doesn't mean they go to Carter Gibbons or St. Thomas doesn't mean they go to a charter school. They just don't go to their zone. So they, you know, I might have gone to Fort Lauderdale if they had a program or Pompano mm-hmm. in the in their uh, four day program. So it's uh, it's interesting to watch what's going on. And uh, other states are they're trying to keep up with Florida. Arizona just passed a just passed a state law that basically said anybody can go anywhere, and you basically it, it's almost the money follows the student right with their, with their program. And you know. I think if anything is going to put everybody kind of uh, on task as far as making sure Broward County public schools are are as good as they can be or and are could be the best and the envy of the of the state and the country, you've got to give a product that the parents when they make that choice they say, well, we want them to go to that school. Yeah, and I think Pompano is one of those, and I I think some of the other schools have great programs, but you know that's that's just that's one or two. So Pompano is such a what a program that with Lorelai here is mm-hmm. on the program and we've. Talked about it a couple right. times here. So she is 5.0 student, wow. National Merit Scholar, National Honor Society, state swimmer. She's a junior lifeguard counselor here on the beach in the nice. morning, training now the summer. So she's here every day um, in the afternoons working here. Um, but even with all that being said, she's 36 in her class. 
Oh wow! You believe that? That's, that's how. Amazing. That's how top notch the students are at that school. And it's a four day program. Yeah. And so she's here all day Friday, right? And when, uh, she she went up for. So we are heavily involved with CCA, the Coastal mm-hmm. Conservation mm-hmm. Association, and we work a lot with Mike Lambricks, um, and doing doing work with him in in that regard. And we just went to an event that, for him. Right? Is that a quick uh, advertisement for him? Well, no, I'm just saying. I, I actually have to sit down and, and, and talk with him. I've been told by such a great, He's guy. A great guy. He's such a great guy. He really is. We went to for his election event at the New River Art okay. Gallery um, there on, on Las Solas, and you know, he was talking about you know seeing Fort Lauderdale is growing with the arts mm-hmm. too, and they're always good for him. I'm glad he mentioned that in his little talk that they that he gave, and also the things that he yeah. said about clean water. So, um, but Lorelai participated in the first ever. CCA Florida Youth Scholarship Program, which they you have to apply for, and then mm-hmm. they'll select ten students from all over the state to go to Orlando to Mud Hole Fishing Tackle, and they put on seminars. and CCA is there, mm-hmm. and they take them to the CCA's hatchery there for the redfish hatchery because they're doing redfish growth programs and trying yeah. to bring more redfish to the East Coast. And they're planting mangroves, and they're doing barramundi fishing, and they're do- just exposing them to all this stuff. And throughout the week, they're they're kind of grilling them on some things and right. trying to see what these kids are made of and trying to see who they got. And at the end of the that, this 10 students, they award three scholarships. Wow. At the end, of, she took the top scholarship award. That's awesome. Yeah. So yeah, we're proud of her. We're very, very proud of Makes her. Makes you so. wonder what the other 35 kids are doing over at Pompano, right? Yeah, yeah. right. Exactly. But, you know, it's, she, she, um, you she know, sounds amazing. Yeah. She's she, she's just a good kid. She's just a good kid. So. But we're excited about it. Future is bright with that. I've actually I would wish that she was here today. She's actually fishing with Jimmy and um you know and and her brother and, and a couple other kids out in the West End Bahamas today. So I gave her the day off. It's Fourth of July weekend and nice. You know, so we're like yeah, go fishing. So, we'll do another one. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> do absolutely. another one. I'll bring Dustin and there's some other other folks in the in the art world that mm-hmm. would would be great to have on and hundred uh, percent. Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. Awesome. awesome. Well, thanks again for coming in I today. It. Thank you for giving us our 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 quarterly report on all the great things you have going on. You know what? You can't trust the, the TV the, or the social media or the internet. You know, the state of Florida is heading in the right direction. Well, well you don't. Lo- nobody loves everything mm-hmm. about any one individual, but the the process is working and people are moving here. And when they come here, they're saying, "I'm I I moved to get out of what, where I was." Yeah. So I, I think that's a good sign. Yeah, we try to bring a little little taste of truth and reality on the show. And, yeah. you know, but in a laid back way, you know, yeah. just say, hey, this is, you know, how we kind of see things. Like we even have, you know, we, um, we talk a lot about, just I'll leave it on this one last thing. We talk a lot about shark depredation and mm-hmm. some of the issues that are going on with that. And, um, you know, we obviously look more on the side of, from the angler side um, mm-hmm. here at the studio um, than we do from, the diver side. There seems to be this line that has been drawn between mm-hmm. fishermen and divers now where when we were growing sharks? up well it, a lot of it stemmed from the whole shark issue but right. you know, when we were growing up there wasn't you know you dove you fish you, right. we were just talking about this last night there didn't seem to be this line and and like now there's this what? line of so like, we've, like we've, Yankees Red Sox you know, Democrats Republicans like all these things going on and a lot of it stems from Yankees or Red Sox Oh, <laughs> National League fan, National League fan. Born Marlins, Boston. Marlins. Oh, were you? Yeah. We'll say Red Sox. <laughs> yeah, my, my, uh, I, I'm happy to be in a, in a state where we have all that. We can do all that, but it just seems uh, sports-wise, but it just seems like people have what you're talking about right now. People have more of an interest in doing that. They go to a baseball game on a Saturday. Yeah. And yeah. We, we always kind of wonder, like, is, is, is soccer going to work in Miami and all these things? But. I think it's a it's a testament to what we have. I mean, 
Yeah. You can go to the Bahamas. You can go down to, you know, the Hillsborough Club. You can go to, you know, any of the, our great public beaches and, and enjoy what we have yeah. without having to go get dressed up and go somewhere. And so that's cool once in a while. But yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I t- we had a diver on. We had the divers on yesterday and we were talking to them about it. And I usually have the fishermen on and we talk about it from the fisherman side. Right. And, and this guy starts coming on. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'm a shark feeder. And I'm like, all right. You can't say that on my show and me not respond, right? And but so we talked about it, and I said, "Listen, I come in peace. So I'll I'll give you your platform." Right. And you know, I don't know if this argument really held that much water, but you know, got it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, all right, Chipamarca, keep doing good. Thank you very much for coming on. Thank you for giving me your time once again. Thank you. Um, and um, thanks, Eileen. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for enduring <laughs> us <laughs> for the second time. Um, cool. Um, where are they gonna? Where are they gonna follow you here on Instagram? All my social media is at Chip Lamarca. Mm-hmm. Twitter, yeah. Facebook, Instagram. I don't get it. I don't do as much Instagram. Yeah, but you give, you give guys. these reports yeah. and you, you put you put up like some of the news yeah, that's so happening. I, and so I do a lot. Like I, I guess when I post on Facebook, I've got to connect to the Instagram. But you know, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, we just try to keep people in, uh, informed. I don't really use social media to make a point or you know right. tell my tell a, you know use it as a bullhorn. I use it as an uh, more of an information mm-hmm. point and you know. It's uh, it's it's great to have that out there, and it's also great not to be caught up in it all day long and, and worry about what people are thinking. Yep. All right. This year, vote chip. <laughs> Thanks. All right. Cool. All right, guys. Listen. We're, we're, yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. Listen. If you're in the market for a new truck, Jeep, or family vehicle, give our friends over at Joey Cardi Chrysler Dodge Jeep a call. I cannot make any promises, but if you go in there and you say the Connected by Water podcast sent you, I know I say this every time. I think you're going to get a better deal than most people will can't make any promises but it might happen give it a shot awesome right and also um we are recording this on the fourth of july weekend you're probably not going to see it on the fourth of july weekend but um we have been drinking the papa's pilar rum here on the show and um they remind you never to be a spectator i'm just proud to be part of the papa's family they are heavy into um conservation and reef restoration and all the great things that we talked about today and we're very proud to be associated with them um so please uh support the papa's pilar family um if you are hungry and you happen to be the lighthouse point area head on over to the papa's raw bar and order something off the connected by water inspired sushi menu and they also have a chip lamarca we had some we had some oysters on the on the menu and they've got a great selection of dariush wine by the way no they did and yeah, the dariush brother was good right? absolutely so director said so, get a plug in for him. Yeah, Joey yeah. Cardi and Papa's Pilar and Papa's Raw Bar and Chip and Dennis were all one big happy family. Yeah, no, so. Troy, Troy's there's a family <laughs> there. Papa's does amazing things in, in yep. the nonprofit world and absolutely participated in a few things with with Troy and the family and yep. uh, walking with Anthony and they 100%. really percent. You know, we have we have some really good people. You good talk about people that are present in their present in their community. Yeah, you know, that's We've definitely the game. Our family absolutely is. Yeah, yeah, definitely. God bless them. Awesome. So, all right, your ego, it's not your amigo. Always do your best. And at the end of the day, just let God do the rest. Do not ever forget that no matter where we are, no matter what we're doing, we're all connected by water. Love it. Thanks, Chip. <laughs>